0: This Crossover Thursday episode is brought to you by PrizePix, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNFL and use code LockedOnNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. I'm Joe Marino, host of the Locked On Bills podcast, joined by Tony Wiggins, the outstanding host of the Locked On Jaguars podcast, one of my favorite dudes to talk football with. And when I saw the Bills were playing the Jaguars this year, couldn't wait to talk to my guy, Tony. Tony, welcome. Excited for Sunday. Hope you're doing well.
1: Hey, man, I'm doing real well, and thank you for those kind words, and I feel the same way. We're just going to multiply it by three. You're like one of my favorite people on the network, Joe.
0: I appreciate that, my guy. So we got a little football game to talk about here, and it's potentially a pretty big one in yeah. terms of two of the best teams in the AFC. I know the Jaguars quite haven't quite hit their stride this year, but you see some glimpses of that coming along, and um, obviously we've seen the Jaguars get hot, and you kind of wonder when that's going to happen. Certainly a nice showing against Atlanta last week in London where they still are waiting on the Bills to get there. Tony, when you think about this Jacksonville team entering week five at two and two, what's the biggest storyline for the Jaguars?
1: They're getting Cam Robinson back, uh, and and quite frankly, all of us have really written him off because – um we think that Walker Little is just as good, and he's a cheaper option. But with Cam Robinson coming back, Doug Peterson said today that what they're going to do is they're going to move Walker Little over to left guard, and that's not an indictment on his play. He's been their best lineman at left tackle. But What it, what it says is Cam Robinson is a left tackle. He's never played left guard in his life. I asked yeah. him, has he ever taken one snap at left guard? He said no. So this gives you a chance to get your five best guys on the field. They He was able to practice with them, even though he's coming back off of a four-game PED suspension. He was actually able to practice with them and in training camp. So they took some days to take a look at it, so that it's not hitting them blind. They know exactly what it is, because quite frankly, the problem that they have, they've had Joe is offensive line. They haven't been able to block people, and when you can't block, you can't beat. You can't beat what you can't block. We saw that in the Giants' season, you know, this whole yeah. time, and uh, it's a lot of a lot of fans, a lot, of, especially the casuals, they overlook the importance of that continuity and 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 those things that the offensive line has to do. So having him back, even though I don't think he's a world beater, but what he is is a competent NFL veteran left tackle. And Walker Little will slide in to left guard, and it will solidify that position a little bit and hopefully give Trevor Lawrence a little bit more time to wheel and deal. Well,
0: I'll tell you what, Tony. I actually spent my morning watching the Jaguars season to this point and – I really thought that left guard that was in there, Ben Bartsch, struggled quite a bit. And I would agree with you. Walker Little's playing pretty well. I mean, looks like he can maybe be a long-term answer at tackle. You love Anton Harrison's growth, right? The first two games, a little rocky. I think the last two, he's really stepped up, but the center, uh, Luke Fortner and that left guard, Ben Bartsch, you, you watch him play and you felt like those were the slugs, right? Well, those were your opportunities as an opponent. And now you potentially strengthen that left guard spot with Walker Little. Obviously we'll see what Cam Robinson looks like coming back. And that's a big story on the bill side of things. Somebody coming back, mm-hmm. you might have heard of this guy, Von Miller, uh, yeah. activated and uh, practicing on Wednesday. I think there's a lot of momentum for him to play on Sunday against Jacksonville. I don't know if it's going to be a full you know, workload. It could be on a pitch count, but I'm sure those long and late opportunities are going to want to get him on the field and unleash him a- against Jacksonville. And um, an offensive line that you know has got a couple of moving parts now this week. And like we talked about, I think that will be for the better Um, But, you know, we talk about offensive line play. It's five guys working together as one. How quickly can that happen with, you know, some newness going on there? And, you know, how is the center going to continue to develop, right? I know he's a young player, but certainly certainly hasn't found his game yet to this point.
1: I I wanted to ask you that, too, with your scouting background. Luke Fortner, when he came out, they were very, very familiar with him because they were familiar with the coaches at Kentucky. Yeah. They mentioned that he's not strong, but technically – he is. So I tell people all the time, guys don't get stronger during the season because when they lift weights, it's all for maintenance. Is there a way to actually get functional strength, Joe, over maybe three or four years so that that is not a weakness? Not like you're going to win a strongman contest, but that it's yeah. not a weakness that can be exploited and they can kind of catch up to that technique a little bit?
0: Yeah, I, I think it absolutely can. That's one thing that can happen. You can get stronger. And that, that was the that was the, the note on Luke Fortner. You love the athleticism, um, but he was he kind of a soft anchor guy. And I think he's in a good spot, right? Doug Peterson, we think about uh, Philly, we think about Jason Kelsey, you know, Jason Kelsey has gotten stronger throughout his career, but he was also known as that athletic movement type center. Um, And so I think playing center helps, right? He's uncovered a lot. You'd like to think with Brandon Scherf next to him at one of the guard spots and then, you know, potentially Walker Little, not left guard. He's a little bit, the bumpers, if you will, are a little stronger and he can play better football, but it's about the athleticism that he brings to the table. That's always been the selling point there. And it's about adding functional strength, which I, I think can happen, Tony. Um, a,
1: a, another quick storyline is last week when you know the Jags have done two weeks in London. So last week yeah. it was Calvin Ridley going against his old team. Well, Zay Jones is back in practice, so Zay Jones is also going against the team that picked him. And it's and it so happens to be at a time when you guys have had some bad injuries uh, in the defensive backfield. Now you got to be able to protect Trevor first for that, because yeah. if you don't do that, it doesn't matter. But are you guys a little bit concerned about the DBs with Calvin Ridley and Zay Jones, as well as Christian Kirk?
0: Yeah, so the big story there, Trey White, uh, Bill's number one corner, uh, lost for the season with an Achilles injury. And it's it's been a very unfortunate stretch for Trey White, who had such a great promising start to his career. But two years ago, he injures his ACL on Thanksgiving, takes him to the next Thanksgiving last year to get back on the field and, you know, played like the last seven games and, of course, ready to go this year and here he is uh, out for the year again. So, uh, the fortunate but unfortunate news is that the Bills have gotten quite used to not having Trey White uh, as their lead corner, and they have Dane Jackson, who's been his familiar replacement, ready to go. In addition to a first-round pick from two years ago, Kyer Elam, to go with the other starter that they've had in Christian Benford. So, it's a position of depth that the Bills could probably weather the storm with an injury. But obviously, Trey White playing like Trey White is the best possible thing that they can have at corner. But This is that first game without him, and so there's certainly an adjustment to be mindful of there in addition to, all right, Von Miller, right? He's back. What does he look like? Does he play this week? And so I think that's pretty significant to this Bills team as I would consider the storylines for the Bills entering this game. I think it's about staying hot, right? They put week one behind them very quickly, and I know everybody watched Monday Night Football, Josh Allen turning the ball over like crazy. The rest of the team played well, but Josh – was so bad turning over the football that they blew a 10-point lead to Zach Wilson, yeah. right? And But that already feels like 100 years ago based on how they've dismantled their next three opponents, the Raiders, the Commanders, and the Dolphins, right? Everybody was hyped up on the Dolphins, and the Bills beat them by four touchdowns. And so can they stay hot? And you got a really interesting variable, Tony. They're going to London. That's a spot pretty familiar for the Jaguars. Sean McDermott's never been. And so, you know, he talked a lot about how they, they're they using their sports sciences to come up with the right plan to get down there. But it's such a unique dynamic in a Bills team that really hasn't been down there, a coaching staff that's not been down there, against a team that's been down there a lot, but there's a unique variable on that side of things where they played in London last week. They've been waiting on the Bills. Is this a situation where they have an advantage because they've been there and they're acclimated? Or are those boys ready to get home? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's two sides of the coin. I guess we'll find out soon enough uh which one it's going to land on.
1: Yeah, jet lag is real. I lived in Germany for three years. It is absolutely a real deal. Nutrition is extremely important because whenever you change countries and start eating food, it's not like it's bad stuff, but it's just it's not what you're used to. You know what I mean? And so, and the fact that it's a nine thirty kickoff for us, that doesn't play too much over there because it's really like three thirty in the afternoon. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? But Uh, It's still, so as weird as as it is for us to be eating chicken wings and burgers and drinking beer at 930 in the morning, it's not that early over there. So uh, we'll just have to see how it goes, man. There's a lot of things. I know you want to get to some critical matchups, and you mentioned Von Miller. I was unsure whether he's not going to play or not. You just told me. So now I've already locked and loaded for what I think they have to do with
0: him. We'll we'll see. I mean, he'll probably be on a pitch count, but we will absolutely see. I know everyone uh, on the Bills side of things are very excited to see Von Miller back on the field. In just a moment, Tony and I are going to get into the big matchups, the ones that will decide the game. But first, I need to tell you about prize picks. You got to check it out. Prize picks is the funnest, easiest, most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. The format is awesome. It's just you versus the numbers. It's not you versus thousands of other players, including pros, including sharks. It's just you versus the numbers. Here's what you do you pick two or more players, you select more or less on their projected stats. And you place your entry. That's it. Doesn't take long. You can do an entry in under a minute. And when you win, the withdrawals are super quick and super easy. I love watching football. Love it even more when I have a Prize Picks entry going into the game. It just makes it that much more exciting. So go to PrizePicks.com/slash/lockedonNFL and use code NFL for a first deposit match up to one hundred dollars. Again, that's PrizePicks.com/slash/lockedonNFL. Use our promo code NFL for a first deposit match up to one hundred dollars. Prize Picks. Daily fantasy sports made easy. All right, Tony, we're going to talk the big matchups that will decide the game. And I'd like to go first here, if that's okay. Because, like I said, I spent the morning watching Jacksonville. And the thing that stood out to me about Jacksonville, as I considered that team playing against Buffalo, was Trevor Lawrence. And, look, I know that that's not a a big revolutionary statement. Mm -hmm. But Trevor Lawrence is a gifted football player. Yes. And he's unlike the quarterbacks the Bills have faced to this point. They faced Zach Wilson, Sam Howell, Jimmy Garoppolo, and Tua Tagovailoa. Obviously, Tua is the best of those quarterbacks, but a fundamentally different player than Trevor Lawrence. And what Trevor brings to the table in my matchup here is Trevor Lawrence against the Bills defense. Now, the Bills defense has been phenomenal this year in every imaginable way. I mean, I think the proof is in what they did to Miami this past week. Defensively, they're playing at a very, very, very high level but they haven't been challenged like Trevor Lawrence can challenge them physically. He's a guy that you're watching him play. He makes the throws outside the numbers. He can drive that football down the field. You know, he's got access to more of the football field than any quarterback that they face to this point. And he can move, right? People just don't, I think realize the athlete that Trevor Lawrence is and how gifted he is as a runner. And it's not that it's a big part of his game, but he knows when to run. He's, he's very selective. He picks, you know, he he takes off in a hurry. He's quick. He's got contact balance. He's got vision, right? He's a he's a very much a dual threat player that physically can challenge this Bills defense in unique ways that they haven't been challenged with this season. So the Bills defense is really really hot, and I know that the Jaguars offense hasn't quite hit its stride this year. But what Trevor Lawrence can do on the football field is a different challenge for the Bills this week compared to what they've seen the first four weeks of the season.
1: You're absolutely right. There are throws that. If you're a DB, you're probably thinking, ain't no way he tries this. Oh, 100%. 100%. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, yeah, he will. He, yeah. he will. I mean, and he'll do it on third and one. He'll throw the ball. It drives yeah. me crazy when he does that. Uh, there was a play the other day I during your film study when he tried to hit Jermichael Hasty, who's 5'9, 5'8, 5'9 in the back of the end zone. I saw it. He could have run the 25 yards. Yeah, he should have yeah. caught it. He but he caught also, the ball. Trevor should have run for yeah. the first down. It was like, yeah. come on, dude. get the... yeah. So sometimes that confidence, that he has it drives you crazy but here's if, if if you're doug peterson you don't want to do anything about it because that is the confidence also that brings you from 27 nothing down mm-hmm. in the playoffs of a game where you throw throwing four interceptions so uh you're right man he has a getaway car i call any quarterback that like can that. Run and, and can get away they got a getaway car so and when he gets in trouble and he's been in a lot of trouble this year but you're right man he makes some of the most difficult passes that you can imagine. And sometimes they're incomplete, and it shows up on the stats as if he's down in the 66th percentile of completion percentage. But what it doesn't tell a football mind is we got to watch that because he'll hit that, and he's done it in his career, and he's even done it this year. So you're right. That is something that they really have to watch out for because he does not lack confidence at all. The difference, too, also, other than his height with him and Tua – you think that Tua gets rid of the ball because he has to. Like, I need to get this ball out. Because no one expects Tua Tagovailoa to run these days because he's trying to protect his health. Trevor don't yeah. care nothing about that. Trevor, right. if he gets rid of the ball quick, it's because it was by design and they saw something. But other than that, he wants to come out, he'll reverse out, come to the other side of the field. Tom Brady did that a lot. And he'll reverse out, come over here, and he'll be standing by himself. And he is looking to gun that thing down the field. So, You're right. And with cornerback depth and and issues being a problem in Buffalo, as long as they can get the guys blocked up front, as long as they can do that. And I think uh, if Von Miller lines up customarily on the left hand side like he does, they made a mistake in the first game of the year against Chris Jones with the second game of the year. They didn't help Anton Harrison. They left him over there by himself with a first ballot Hall of Famer. So they're seeing another first ballot Hall of Famer this week. I would suggest that they take one of those tight ends and plant them on the hip of Anton Harrison to try to help them. Now, Russo's a great player also, and Ed Oliver's going to do what he can do in the middle also, but they really, really have to have the awareness to help these guys out. Doug always says, get the guys in the right spot. And Trevor, in my opinion, when it's third and two, he has to get three yards. Just, just run a two-point conversion. Don't, Like I said, you don't want to pull him back right you don't want to do that because it's going to help you later but still there's still this thing this awareness in a game like this possessions matter they matter a lot especially when your kicker can kick it a long ways like brandon McManus. so you really want to keep the possessions you don't want josh allen to get back on the field and if you can help it you need to take those first downs and take those easy ones and get the hard ones when you have to
0: well tony i i the, the Bills have their own unicorn quarterback that makes those throws. So while they haven't played one of them yet this year, certainly used to seeing what a, a dynamic arm talent can do for you uh, in the practice field, going up against Josh Allen every single week. And you mentioned pressure on Trevor Lawrence is going to be important for the Bills. I mean, c- absolutely critical for, for Buffalo to continue that they've been extremely successful pressuring quarterbacks and sacking quarterbacks this year. Um, and, and you got to do it with Trevor Lawrence. I mean, he's got, a 63.6 passer rating under pressure, right? I mean, that's that's the proof in the pudding. Every quarterback in the whole world is worse under pressure. Trevor Lawrence is no different. Right. You got to get pressure on him if you're going to have a chance to limit what he can do and how explosive that offense is capable of being.
1: Oh, you absolutely have to do it. And I, I find that the pressure up the middle is worse, yeah. even for a guy who can run. Because once you get pressure up the middle, the guy has to choose one side of the field. So it totally cuts off another side of the field. Well, if you're running to your right, some guys will still try to throw it to the left. They shouldn't. Right. But if you're running to your left, it absolutely cuts off most of the other side of the field and makes them real easy to defend. So um, if they can protect early, protect early, they'll be fine. Now, on the flip side with Josh Allen, I expect the Jaguars to play man to man, which means that Josh will have some time. He'll have some opportunities to run up the back of the DBs. But I want him to play man off because I want those first couple of seconds. I want them to be able to see it. And I want them to keep their eyes on him. And I expect uh, Mike Caldwell to do some of the things that he did last week, uh, even though it's Desmond Ritter. But he was
0: rough, man. He was rough to watch in that game.
1: Yeah. But still, they sent more people. And I think they have to be that aggressive Caldwell has been a part of a defense that actually did that to a team before. It was in the Super Bowl when he was a linebacker's coach for Tampa, and they went at Patrick Mahomes. And they did it, and they took advantage of an offensive line that was banged up. But still, you have to do whatever y'all want to ask you about something my man osiris torrance because here's the thing the jaguars took anton harrison right yeah and now they're moving walker little to guard one of the things that i thought they were going to do i thought they were going to take osiris torrance and plant him at left tackle i mean at left guard and put walker little at right tackle but with cam robinson's suspension and we talked about this draft night yeah cam robinson's suspension i think changed all of their plans How's Osiris playing? I heard he still hasn't given, I already he hasn't given up a sack since he was in the womb somewhere, right?
0: Yeah, I think you're right about that. Yeah, he's he's been really good. Uh, the Bills offensive line has taken a major step forward this year. And if you look at it metrically, number one in pass protection, top eight in run blocking, when you look at the composite metrics that are used to measure offensive line, it's been a big story of how successful they've been. And of course, inserting Osiris Torrance into this lineup at right guard is a big part of that. Obviously, the pass protection has been good, but the physicality that he brings in the run game to be able to create displacement up front and move bodies. And, you know, it's jump-started what the Bills are getting from James Cook, who's getting over six yards per carry right now. And so I think he's been uh, quite the addition to this Bills offensive line.
1: No doubt about it. Uh, last thing I want to ask you about players. I'm asking about all I had no idea until probably midway through last year that Matt Milano was that good. How oh, good of a man. player he is and, and what do you think he ranks with those off-ball linebackers in the NFL?
0: Yeah, he's a special player. um Does a lot. I mean, he's a matchup linebacker, so he gets to play in space a ton. He's got a lot of coverage responsibilities. He's a big chess piece for this Bills defense. In fact, last week they're using him to cap routes against Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. I mean, he's a really special player. Uh, all Pro last year. I think he's on that type of path again this year. And I think when you talk about the best off ball linebackers in the league, you probably start with Fred Warner, and then you start thinking about Roquan Smith and Matt Milano. I mean, these guys are are really high-impact guys, and that'll be a player for, obviously, Jacksonville to account for uh, on Sunday. How about this matchup, Tony? Josh Allen versus Josh Allen. Saw yeah. that one before. That went uh, your guy's way uh, the last time that happened. I think we're getting a big alert here. Uh, but th- that was – I mean, what did he have? A s- interception, a sack, a forced mm-hmm. fumble, a fumble recovery. We're old enough to remember that game. That really kind of boned the Bills' season, right? They just they, yeah, was... beat the two in whatever – uh, Jacksonville Jaguars with Urban Meyer—they're the number one seed in the playoffs. They lost that game, so you're getting the alert now too. Yeah. Uh, but you know he's coming off a big game, right? He was all over the place against Atlanta. So, uh, what have you seen from your Josh Allen, and what are some of those expectations for Sunday with him?
1: Well, he's playing on a fifth-year option, so uh, he's playing like a guy that either they are going to tag again or they're going to pay him and if they don't pay him somebody who is a, a statistics person will look he has six sacks got them all in two games he got three sacks in one game against the colts when anthony richardson ran out of bounds twice he had three sacks with a total of three lost yards Richardson ran out of bounds instead of throwing the ball away and then the other time he barely kept richardson to get to the line and that was a, a point of emphasis that i brought up even though he's also one of the big pressure guys in the league He did it this week, but this week he did it and he really, really got sacked. So I temper it a little bit because you did it against Anthony Richardson and you did it against Desmond Ritter. But still, pressure is pressure, sacks are sacks, right? I want to see him do it in this game against a really, really good team. And um, sacks are hard to come by in this league. Pressures are hard to come by in this league. They really, really need him to step up and be the alpha. While Trayvon Walker continues to play well against the run, he has two sacks on the year. He's playing a lot better. He's disengaging a little bit better. He's still not quite there. He was taught how to gap and hold at Georgia, so it's hard to teach a guy new tricks. But he told me he'll never go outside of the scheme. He'll always stay in the scheme, and he spends a lot of time in coverage too. So the big thing is with Josh Allen is he's played some of his best ball in big games. And uh, this will be a chance for him to do – you know it's going to be all over the TV, Josh Allen versus Josh Allen. Yep, yep. This this will be a big opportunity for him to tell everybody he's really arrived and those sacks really mean more than some people are giving him credit
0: for. All right, this conversation continues in just a moment where Tony and I are going to talk about what has to go right for each team to win, and we'll offer a prediction. But first, I'm going to tell you about FanDuel. Folks, snap into the action this season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because right now new customers can – Get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's simply no better time to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Do you ever feel like your brain is getting in its own way, Like you know what you should do, you know what's good for you, but you just can't do it. Therapy helps you figure out what's holding you back so you can work for yourself instead of against yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you do is fill out a brief questionnaire. You get matched with a licensed therapist. And if you need to switch therapists, you can do so at any time for no additional charge. Make your brain your friend with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash on today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash LockedOn. All right, Tony, what has to go right? Big game. The Bills are favored by five and a half as of the recording of this podcast. The over-under is set at 49. For Jacksonville to get uh, a second consecutive win coming off of that Houston loss, what has to go right for them?
1: I never say don't fumble. I just say they have to protect the ball because I don't even bring negative connotations into the conversation. Protecting the football, not giving the Bills a short field. Uh, That's the cliche answer. The real thing they have to do, they have to get first downs. They have to have a nice run pass balance. Doug Peterson believes in throwing to score and running to win. Can't run to win if you're behind. Right. I would like to see the Jaguars do something they haven't done much of for the last two years. And that's get off to a, a really, really clean clean start I don't want them they don't have to get way out ahead because the couple of times that's happened they've gotten walked down and had to hold on for their life at the end but I really do want them to get off to a clean start offensively and I'll take a 14-14 or a 10-10 or a 13-10 game into halftime and then make their adjustments have some confidence and find a way to win but they can't have those miscues that they've had in some of these big games where they fumble the ball going into the end zone, Mm. where Trevor Lawrence is inside of the five-yard line on first down and he throws an interception, or Tank Bigsby fumbles the ball going into the end zone trying to get the extra yards. They have to really, really take advantage of the opportunities because when you have a team like Buffalo that is both explosive and sound fundamentally, it's like a double-edged sword, man. They can score quickly, or if you beat yourself, they'll just let you do it, and and, and then they'll have – that game where they got thirty-five minutes of time of possession, and you don't, and that's just not a good thing when you're playing against a team with the skill position players that they have, and with the mentality that their coach, their mentality is, is it, 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 it almost represents the city. It's toughness. We don't give a damn how cold it is. I don't think they care about going to London. They, they play Buffalo, man. It's it's cold sometimes. It's it's nasty. They got like the oldest stadium, but those people embrace it up there. And I think this football team is a bit of a microcosm of that entire fan base. So, uh, this is hard work. This is nasty work for any team to have to play a team like that. So I think they have to be fundamentally sound and don't beat themselves just to give themselves an opportunity to win.
0: Tony, when I consider what needs to go right for the bills, I have three things that really come to mind. And one of them is, is something that you had, and that was take care of the football. Mm -hmm. Um, we know that this Jaguars team has had three, three turnover games already this year, three takeaway, right? They, they had three in week one, three in week two, none in week three, and then three more against Atlanta. And I think that uh, Desmond Ritter tried to give them a few more that they didn't, it yeah. didn't come down with. And so, you know, you got some ball Hawks back there and Cisco, who's unbelievable in the middle of the field with his ability to break on the football, Demarius Williams, Tyson Campbell, these guys can take away the football, a lot of speed at linebacker and Ola Koon. Of course, some dynamic athletes in Josh Allen and Trayvon Walker up front. So, you know, there's a lot of athleticism on the field, and that can lead to takeaways. And so I think the Bills have to continue to be smart, not, uh, what do they say, smart, not conservative. That's right. the buzz, that's the buzz phrase in Buffalo. And I think they've really done a great job of threading that needle over the last three weeks since that four turnover game against the Jets on Monday Night Football. So that has to continue, number one. I think number two is having a plan for Josh Allen. And I know that you were, you know, pretty, pretty honest about where that production has come and how it comes for Josh Allen. I know what it looked like the last time that the bills played him. And, and we, we haven't forgot it. Right. I mean, that was a, that's a loss that I think still stings and you, you've have a bad taste in your mouth. And uh, I think the bills are definitely anxious to maybe get some revenge a little bit, if that makes sense. And, 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 yeah. Um, you know, we, we know how important your Josh Allen was in stopping our Josh Allen. So I think that's number two for me. And of course I can get into a whole spiel about Trevor Lawrence. I've already done that. And number three for me is situational football. I think the Jaguars, one of the, in studying them today, I was really surprised by two things, their third down conversion percentage on offense and their red zone touchdown percentage on offense. And very surprising for a Doug Peterson team where that those are hallmarks of what he's able to do is mm-hmm. win situational moments. So for them to be 29th in the NFL in third down conversion percentage on offense and 26 in red zone scoring touchdown percentage, I was really surprised. Now, those numbers are going to get better. For the Bills side of things, you hope that starts next week, right? And so I think that's that's where you really want to kind of keep them down in those situational moments where the margins are. And, you know, look, converting third downs, you talked about it, getting first downs, right, extending drives, having the ball. That's how you can score. And then when you get in that red zone, touchdowns not field goals if you're on offense of course field goals not touchdowns if you're on defense so those are my three keys take care of the ball take care of josh allen i guess both sides right and then win those situational moments
1: some of the intangible players that can help them do that are evan ingram and of course the pass game the screen game to travis Etienne. but when you talk about a tight end and a running back you're playing right into the bill strength. There's that guy again, Matt Milano. I don't think you're going to make a living by whooping Matt Milano, but I still think you have to punch at him. You you have to make him do his job, even though he's a great, yeah. great player and he's going to make those plays. You have to think that you're going to make a couple on your own. With their red zone woes, I don't see how they improve. I really think in the draft that they tried to address that when they took Anton Harrison in the first round, a little bit more of a mauler than a Juwan Taylor. They took Brenton Strange in the second round, which really shocked everyone. But he's a tight end who is not necessarily a blocking tight end or a move tight end. He's a little bit of both, so he doesn't give you the tell that one of those other spots gives you. And then they took Tank Bigsby for the short yards. Tank just has to hold on to the ball. Some bad things have happened when he's been into the game. But uh, I think eventually that toughness aspect will start to show up for him. And that's why I don't like drafting like that. That's like going to a grocery store in an empty stomach. You get a whole bunch of stuff. And they might not be as good, but you think you're getting what you want that day. This is not how it works in the NFL. You just have to get the best player. So I really believe that uh, they're going to try to depend on some of that. And and the other thing is the way you get rid of your red zone woes, try to throw it in from the 15 and the 16. Man, Don't even (laughs) worry about getting inside the 10 yard line. Just take your shots before that and look over at Brandon McManus and say, come on, we, we'll kick field goals. I know people say you can't beat great teams by kicking field goals, but I think if Robert Sala kicked some field goals the other night, they have a better chance ah, of beating the Chiefs. You, you, so. you can't give away those points. You have to take those points. So take all of the points uh, that, you're, that you're able to get if it becomes a field goal fest. Remember the game you talked about that you guys haven't forgotten. It was 9-6, to six, right? So if that's what you got to do, then that's what you got to do. The the, the the key is to not be pretty. The key is to be victorious.
0: Well, I think we can both agree that uh, not paying Jawan Taylor looked like a pretty good move based on what's happening over there in Kansas City, So, yeah. and Anton Harrison certainly on the up and up. All right, got to make a prediction. They make us do it, Tony. Uh, I've got a 31-24 Bills. I, I think that the Bills will take care of their business. I think this is a Jacksonville team that's eager to get home. I don't think they're playing their best football right now. I think the Bills have kind of peaked a little bit here. I think they're the hotter team. I think that both obviously present unique challenges for each other. I feel like the Bills have a lot of confidence coming out of that Dolphins win. And I think that carries over to a win on Sunday.
1: I don't believe in moral victories. I think it's 31-26. The Jaguars have the ball and they're driving, but they need a touchdown and it comes up a little bit short. Oh, so man. 31-26, Buffalo wins, but the Natives don't feel too bad about it because there's at least a two-week split in London and they can come back. They've, played, they've lost three games, but they've played Kansas City and Buffalo. So now it's just let's get on with the rest of the year and try to win these games and position yourselves to win the division.
0: Nice to get those out of the way, right? They'll uh, no still have the Eagles and the Cowboys and yeah. Kansas City and Cincinnati. so it's, it's all coming. So uh, a lot to play out here. We're only four weeks into the season, plenty of ball game left. Maybe we'll do it again, Tony, uh, yeah. a little playoff matchup. I didn't like that last time it, it happened as well in 2017. <laughs> but you know, maybe the Bills will get another shot to exercise those demons as well. Tony, this has been a great conversation, man. Thanks for uh, showing up. Thanks for being prepared. Thanks for being entertaining as always.
1: Thank you, Joe. I appreciate it. And I know my listeners at Locked On Jaguars are going to really enjoy this. You're like one of my favorite people, like I said.
0: Appreciate that, Tony. All right, folks, fans of the Jaguars, fans of the Bills, we got more coming for you the rest of the week, so make sure that you are subscribed. Would love it if you took a second to rate, review, and share the podcast. Have a great rest of your day. We'll catch up with you again real soon.